So th- this idea of be, okay? So today we're going to talk about who will you who will you be, all right? The scripture will come from Luke chapter 19 verses 1 1 through 6. As we as we sat down again to study for for this week in particular, um, th- this scripture, th- th- this character in the Bible, uh, really came to our mind. Um, uh, of, of where we should start this this idea. Not that it's anything to do particularly with a new year. We don't really see that idea celebrated in, in Scripture of, of a new year, New Year's Eve and stuff. They had their own holidays. They had a, a different year, different calendar set up that they followed. Um, but we, we, we see this, this character of Zacchaeus, um, who we'll be reading about today, um, discussed. And we'll see how, how really he's not asked this question in Scripture but he has asked this question at least internally. He has to go through this monologue within himself of who will you be. Okay, so um, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 6 reads like this. You can follow along here, or if you want in your Bible, you're more welcome to. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Think cookie, right? So he was a time of person. So he's not here, so I can make fun of him, right? She didn't say the same thing. For he was of short stature. So he ran ahead, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And that's Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. But I want, I want us to talk about going to the new year, being being like Christ. Let me ask you this question. Who were you last year? Past the, the general, oh, I was a wife, I was a husband, I was a mom, I was a dad, I was, I was a worker, I, you know, I was a churchgoer, whatever it was. Who, who were you? Those are all roles that we feel, but, but who were you? What, what words best described who you were in 2022? Were you thoughtful? Or careless, patient, or quick-tempered, consistent, or always changing, kind, or cruel. We were all something last year. Sometimes we set out to be that something. Sometimes we turned into something that we didn't want to be. We didn't intend to be. We all were something some last year. Some of us may be proud of who we were. Another of us might want to kind of just wipe 2022 off of our books as quickly as we can. With Zacchaeus, we see someone that has spent several years, multiple years of his life, developing an identity of being greedy, heartless, cruel, and untrustworthy in his position as chief tax collector. You don't get to that place in Roman society of the chief tax collector. He was just tax collector. We know about tax collectors. We talked about that with some of Jesus' disciples back there. When he called one, they all like, what in the world's going on with this guy? We know about that. This was the chief tax collector. This is a guy that was over probably the whole district. Of that area, whole region. The, the, the general tax collectors they had, you know, maybe a couple streets, a little little subdivision. They, this guy was was the chief tax collector. He pinched the chat tax collectors drop, made them give more. He was not thought of very highly in society, in culture. Here he was, spent years, and this was who he was. If you asked who Zacchaeus was, they would say he's a greedy man, he's a heartless man, he's a cruel man, he's mean, mean spirit. You can't trust him. Don't believe him. Don't get close to him. He'll do everything he can to take what, what he can from him. This is who Zacchaeus was. 
There's no question about this. This wasn't something that he was a nice guy that just was in a rough place. No, Zacchaeus was a bad man. And he was not liked by society, by culture. By his friends. If he, had, he didn't even really probably have friends. By his neighbors, anyone that didn't, didn't care for him because of who, of who he was. Now, who you were last year can't be changed. Just like Zacchaeus couldn't change who he was previously. But we can seek to be different than we were going forward. So another question, going forward into the new year, who do you want to be? We set up all these goals and all these premises and all these hopes of, of who we will be in the new year. Who, who Maybe we want to continue to build upon good habits that we started last year. Maybe we want to just scrap it all and start again because last year was, was so bad. We, we, we all have ideas of who we want to be going into the new year. Even if we don't set you know, all the goals and stuff, in your mind you, you, you have an idea of who you want to, to be. As Christians, our desire, our goal, our hope and aspiration should to be like, like Christ. To be like Him. In Scripture, we're instructed in multiple places and multiple ways that, that we are, are to, to follow in His footsteps, to model His every action that He has given us in Scripture, to be His representation in the current culture. The Bible says that we are to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. That is who we are to be, not just in the new year, but every day. In all the ways that we, we live our life. That is who, who we should be our goal going into every day, let alone every year. Should be to live a life that people recognize as being in the image and the likeness of God. The early church did this so effectively. So effectively. They took on the mantle. Once Jesus had left, once Jesus had ascended into heaven, and the Bible says he goes and he sits on the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and me. Once he had ascended and he left them there, and we talked about in Matthew the Great Commission uh, a couple of weeks ago, once he'd done that and he, he'd ascended, the disciples and the apostles and the early church, they took on the mantle that Jesus had left behind and carrying out and living the way that Jesus lived. They did it effectively. And it's because of how effectively they lived like Christ, they were like Christ, is how successful that they were in the early church. You can look at all of church history, and you will struggle to find a point in our history that compared to the early church even comes close to the amount of growth and expansion that they exhibited there in those first 50, 100 years right after, after Christ had lived. It went from me a, a very local isolated experience in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, and that area to where by within a hundred years we're talking about it was in Rome, it was it, it is spread into the east, it is spread into Africa, it is spread into India, all over these places. That's rapid expansion. I mean Dollar General couldn't even replicate that. And they're everywhere, except for off of 141 for some reason. I don't know. Bill needs to get us one. Well but it just grew like crazy. And it was because of how similar and how much like Christ the early church was. Every day, they lived like Christ. And it wasn't just something that they said, well, hopefully in this year. It was a daily thing. It was a daily thing that they aspired and desired and tried their best to be like Christ. 
was their sole goal and purpose was to be more like Him. To be like, to be like the Christ. Now I'm, for one, am interested in those kind of results. I would love to be so much like Christ that that just as I begin to interact with people, that they are compelled just through daily interactions with me to to ask questions about about who it is that I follow and and who who this God that I prescribe to is. I I want to be so much like Christ that it compels people to, to want to know more about who this Jesus is. And I pray that that's something that you desire as well. It's just something that you're, you're interested in as well. But, but the thing is, the thing is that interest really can only, only go so far. We need to be more than an interest. And I hope we all like the idea of being like Christ as Christians because, because that's what Christian means, right? Christian means to be like Christ or to be of Christ, to come from Christ. We see that the early church was the one that, that they really were the ones that were given that title because they were so much like Christ. And if we are saying that we are Christians, then we should be, be like Christ. Right? And that should be of interest to us. The reality is, is that being interested doesn't, doesn't mean that it's going to happen, right? The hard truth of the matter is that we need to be more than just interested in being like Christ. See, we can, we can be interested in a lot of things. For example, maybe you hear one of those commercials that are all over the radio and TV right now of, of how the new cars are out, right? The 2024s are on the lot. And they're running all these deals, bottom line deals. And you're like, well, I want to go see about this new car. You go to the car lot and you're standing in front and the salesman comes up to you and, and he says, what, what can I you know, do you for or whatever? And, and you say, I'm interested in this new car. Now, just because you're interested, does that mean you're going to leave and drive off that lot in that new car? No, it does not. There's a lot of things that go into that. Primarily, well, that's, that interest is affected by the cost that goes with it. right? You can be very interested in that car. But depending upon the cost that goes with that car, you may drive off the lot with it, or you may not drive off the lot with it, right? The cost really affects the interest. This principle holds true, not just in in car buying, but in every area of life. It basically breaks down to this. The level of interest, plus or minus, you know, the, the personal cost that comes from you will determine the results, right? If you're very interested in something, there's not really much of a cost for you to do something. You just have to, you know, they, they say, you know, you just call this number and you can get whatever you want, right? You know, then you do that, right? The result is it happens. But if you have just moderate amount of interest, but the cost is really high, then guess what? You're going to say, I don't want to take part of that. The cost is too, too great for me, right? So the level of interest, how interested you are in something, and you add that in with the... Uh, cost that it comes to your life, whatever you have to sacrifice for it, will determine if you do it or if you don't. That's a simple, I mean, you ask anybody and that's really what it comes down to. So you may be interested in a lot of things going into this noon. You may be interested in being a better spouse, a better parent. You may be interested in furthering your education. You may be interested in, in getting a new job. You may be interested in quitting your job, right? You, you, you want to, to go off and do your own thing. You may be interested in, you know, doing... All kinds of things. Quitting a habit, starting a new habit. Doing less of something, doing more of something. You may have interest in doing those things, but then when you sit down and you look at the cost of what it takes for you to do it, that determines if you're going to do it or not. You're going to do it or not. So let's look at Zacchaeus again. 
So we'll skip a few verses. We'll go down here. So it says, he sought to see who Jesus was. What is that? That's interest, right? He was interested in Jesus. He's, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. There's the cost. He couldn't see him, so he had to figure out a way to see him. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. There's that cost with it. He climbed up, for he was going to go past, he was going to pass that way. And Jesus came to the place. So we see the interest. He sought to see who Jesus was. We see the cost. He had to climb a tree. So he waited out. He said, I'm interested in seeing this Jesus, but the cost is I have to climb this tree. Now, now, now imagine this. You might be thinking of some of your youngins think, well, they can climb a tree like, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And they fall out of it easier than they climb up it, right? And they break everything in their body when they fall out. This is an older man. Not old, old. We don't know for sure. But he was at least past middle age to get to the position he was in. We know he was short of stature. So he was, you know, kind of stubby. Might, you know, probably didn't have, you know, the arms and legs to really wrap around a tree or whatnot. And he probably has some fine robes on. He probably wasn't dressed in like his his athletic wear, his athletic robe of that time, right? He didn't have the Adidas robe on. He had the the, the fancy stuff on, right? Purples and, and colors and all kinds of stuff. Good robes. Good robes to probably pay fine money for. Because he wanted, to, he went to see Jesus. He no doubt he wanted to make an impression on him. So he came to impress. But here he was. Here's the cost. You got to climb the trees, Zacchaeus. If you, if you're in, are you interested enough in seeing Jesus, that you'll climb this tree to see? Because no matter what, you ask anybody in life, everything has a cost attached to it, right? If you want to do something, you want to do better at something, you want to progress in something, there's a cost to it. If you're interested in it, there's a cost to it. And there's, there was a cost for Zacchaeus here, but he decided. He made the personal decision that his interest, when compared, his interest in seeing Jesus, when compared with the personal cost of, of climbing the tree, that the interest was greater than the cost. And he said, I want to climb that tree. He climbs that tree, and he sees Jesus, right? Now, in a minute, we'll talk about how he, right after this, was faced with another decision, where interest was compared to what he would have to, the cost he would have to pay. But I want you to think about in your life for a minute. Think about the things that you're interested in. Maybe going into the new year, or maybe something that you've been been interested in doing in your life for a long time. Maybe in your spiritual life, maybe in your relationship with your husband and spouse, maybe with how you interact with your children. Maybe maybe it's education, maybe it's, it's vocational, whatever it may be. That thing that you're interested in, think about it. And think about the cost that comes with it. Because there's a lot of times, the cost that we don't think about, that we don't comprehend, that we don't understand. But the Bible says in one place that the wise man basically sits down and he counts up the cost before he starts it. And he knows what he's going to have to invest before he gets it. So he doesn't get halfway through and run out of stuff and just stop. So what is it in your life that it's your interest, maybe in your relationship with Christ, that you you want to be a better Christian, you want to be more like Christ? That's what we're talking about. You want to be more like Christ? Think of what it will cost you to do that. What does the cost of that look like in your life? For some, you know, for everybody, it'll be different than others. But, but what does that cost? Think, so think about that. Think about what the cost of being more like Christ is in your life, as we talk about being invested. Okay. Now it's New Year's, right? And we, for some reason, society thinks that at New Year's we have to make a post on Facebook or wherever you're at, right? I don't know, Twitter, 
TikTok. Maybe you've made some dancing video about what you're going to do next year. I don't know. You're going to be a better dancer, hopefully. Um, but we, we, we make those posts. And I've seen umpteen posts, and I've made these posts, kind of posts before too, about how in, in, in 2023 um, I'm going to prioritize Jesus more. And I'm going to put God first. Or, you know, I'm going to do more, more, spend more time with Jesus than I am with, with what I want to do. Well, you know, whatever. Those are good things. Like I said, I, I've posted some of the things in my life too. Um, so the thought is, is there. But, but here's the, the reality to it. The post on Facebook won't change anything in the new year, right? I can post that I'm going to be like the Apostle Paul in the new year, and that doesn't mean I, I will be. It shows a level of interest, but it doesn't show a level of change, right? I can post that I'm, I'm going to, you know, starting today, I'm reading Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read through the whole Bible. You know, but that doesn't mean come January I'm going to be, or come you know February or March that I'm going to be up in Leviticus or Deuteronomy. I might still be on Gen- or Genesis four or five by that one, right? Just because you post it doesn't mean it's it's going to change. It's going to happen because there comes a point where interest has to turn into investment. That you have to invest in that thing that you're interested in for it actually to happen, for actually to change, for there actually to be some kind of shifting in the way you live your life. If you are to be more like Christ, then it takes more than just interest. It takes investing in it. What you're investing will be different in each situation. Some things just require time. You just have to carve out time during your day to do this. Reading the Bible, normally it just takes some more time during the day. You know, you just have to say, this time, this time every day, I'm going to read the Bible. Some things require an emotional investment. Like if you want to strengthen your relationship with your spouse, or with your children, or with family that you, that's been broken off, or whatever, it takes an emotional Investment, right? Some things take a financial investment. You, you're going to have to pay up. You're going to have to, to scrape something up because it's going to cost that for whatever reason. You know, sometimes things are church. Sometimes things in your life, you're going to have to, there's a financial investment to it. There's other investments, right? Effort and physical exhaustion sometimes is the effort that we have to take for, for certain things. But, but there has to be an investment, an investment that we make to take the interest to just show that we're interested in something to where we're actually going to do it, right? Back to the example with the car. You're interested in the car, but if you want the car, you have to invest in the car, right? So constantly, you're interested in having a better relationship with your wife. Well, maybe you need to invest more time with your wife. You need to invest more, being more open emotionally and have better communication with them. You know those things. Maybe you want to have a better relationship with your with your kid, but you're going to have to invest time with them and stop and t- not taking so much overtime or not doing all, going out hunting or doing this or that. There takes an investment. You want to have a better relationship. You want to be more like Christ. Well, there's an investment that goes with with that as well. You come to church. You listen to scripture. You, you read scripture. You listen to the sermons. You worship God. You're thankful. You're obedient to Him. There's an investment if you want to be more like Christ. The issue we uh, we often run into when seeking to be more like Christ or to, to make certain changes is that we're not willing to make the appropriate investments. We're interested in it, but we're not interested in the cost. We're interested at the cost that we deem fit, right? What do you think it's worth? But sometimes what you think it's worth isn't as much as what it's going to take to to get it. And that's where we get to that back to that equation of 
your level of interest plus or minus the cost will equal the results, right? But I want you to think about Christ for a minute. We understand through scriptures, not just the New Testament, Old Testament 3, that, that Christ was interested in redeeming humanity. That's what you can call it. He was interested in redeeming humanity and seeing, and seeing people saved in, in rectifying that which was broken, mending it and making it new. And he knew the cost. He knew that there had to be a sacrifice. A, a perfect sacrifice. And uh, so he took his interest, and he took the cost, and he decided, was it worth the cost to see his interest fulfilled? And he decided, yeah, it was. Right? You understand that. He was born. We celebrate that with Christmas. He lived his life for 33 and some years. Did all kinds of amounts of miracles and, and revelatory things. Taught greatly uh, about who God was, about Scripture, about doctrine and divinity. He was a wonderful man. Ultimately died on a cross. Resurrected three days later. Was the perfect sacrifice. He paid the cost to fulfill the interest that he had in redeeming, in redeeming humanity. And ultimately the mindset that Christ had was that what he was interested in was worth whatever the cost was. Whatever it would cost to see this fulfilled, Christ said, I'll do it. Because I am so interested, so passionate. This is such a high priority to me. And it don't matter what the cost is. No matter what the cost is. We put that with our children a lot of times, right? They want to be in some activity or, or maybe sports or they want to, to go to something or whatever it might be. They want to wear something, whatever. We will go to the extents of whatever. To fulfill the interest, because the cost is well worth it for our for our children. And I want you to think about the things that you are interested in having happen this year, that you are interested in doing this year, that you're interested in in being this year, and see if we have that same mindset in in our lives. We're interested in seeing people saved. We're coming to the church for people that are far off to, to come back in. But are we interested enough in paying the cost of prayer and fasting? Right? Staying up late, crying, waking up early, praying. Are we interested enough in it to pay that, that cost? We talk about wanting to see kids, more kids come on Wednesday, more kids come on Sunday. But are we willing to invest in a culture that makes them feel welcome, that makes them feel like they have a place, that makes them feel... Feel desire. We want to connect with the new people in the community that are moving in from other places all over, all over the country. But are we willing to invest the time to to meet them, to connect with them, to see them, to let them know that they're welcome, that this is a place they can be, to create an atmosphere that they come into and they want to be here? Are we willing to invest that? To make the sacrifices that are required to to do that, to fulfill that. Because the honest truth is, a lot of times in our lives, our personal lives, in our self, in our walk with Christ and our relationships with, with other people. We, we, we talk a lot about how we're interested in having this happen, but when we're given the, the sheet of how much it costs, we're like, I don't know about that. Right? I don't know about that. A couple of years ago, we, we wanted to get the thing paid. Uh, we got estimate. And when we saw the thing, we're like, well, no, we don't want to get that thing paid. <laughs> because our interest didn't match the cost. 
And we talk about how we want a lot of things to change. We want a lot of things to do. We want God to move in a great way, but we're not willing to pay the cost. We're not willing to invest at the level that God wants us to invest. We'll go here. And God says, no, what you're, what you're asking for, what you're interested in requires this level of investment from you. I'm not just talking about financial. I'm talking like I said, it's time, sometimes it's effort. It is financial in a lot of aspects. But it, it's all kinds of areas that God requires investment from us. And he's saying, you're invested for this. But what, you've been, what you're seeking, the revival that you're looking for, the change that you've been waiting for, the things that you've been praying for, it's going to require this level of investment. And when we look at the cost, are we willing to pay the cost? Is it, is it that important to us? Is it that important to us? Are we wanting it as much? Are we interested in it as much as we say we are? Or when we're faced with the cost, we're like, well, I'll get something else. I'll accept something else. Or I don't want to pay that. I don't want to invest that much in, in what it is. So I guess I just we just skip over that. Or we won't care about that. Or we'll just not worry about it. There are certain things in our life when it comes to our spiritual relationship with God, the lives of other people in the world around us that are lost, the lives of our youth, that ultimately there is no cost too high, no investment too great. And we should have the mindset of Christ that, that we look at that thing that we're interested in and we're saying, whatever it takes, I'll do it. Whatever it takes, whatever investment that you require of me, God, to see this happen, I'll do it. Now, this is not me saying that you you just live a perfect life and do everything right, that everything will fall the way that you want. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying sometimes, many times, things don't happen because we didn't even put forth the investment to start out with. We didn't even put forth any effort to start out with. We didn't make any sacrifice to start out with. How many times we said, well, it just wasn't meant to be, when God's like, no, you just didn't want to invest in it. Just guess it wasn't meant for me to be married. No, you weren't willing to invest time in a relationship. I guess it just wasn't meant for me to be healthy. No, you weren't willing to invest time in eating right and, and going to the gym. I guess it wasn't meant for me to have a good. Well, you just weren't a good church service. Well, you just weren't invested in praying and talking to God. I guess it wasn't meant for them to be saved. No, the Bible says He wants all to come to know Him. You just didn't invest the time to go see Him. Just didn't invest the time to pray. Just didn't invest the time to fast. I, I guess it wasn't meant. I guess the youth just don't want to come to church. No, we just didn't invest in the culture for them. They didn't feel welcome. They didn't feel desired. I guess people just don't want to come to church anymore. No, you just didn't invest in the right atmosphere. You didn't invest in them. You didn't go to them. It's not just that it wasn't meant to be. A lot of it's God's like, you didn't invest anything in it. You didn't put forth effort. You didn't desire it like you said you did. You had interest, but when you saw the cost, you didn't want to feel that cost. We need to realize and recognize. And we need to be more like Christ. And we need to to make the decision, the daily decision, to invest, to pour into, Make the sacrifices that are required to be like Christ. To be a minister to the community. To 
be effective in our ministry to the youth, to be the people, to be the, the testimony that people need to see, we have to make that decision. Here's where we get back to Zacchaeus. So as he climbed the tree, and Jesus came and says, when Jesus came to him to the, came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now here it is. Right there. You don't see it because there's nothing there. It's not in Scripture. But right here, between Christ's request and saying that, so Zacchaeus, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Between this, Jesus didn't ask him this question. Nobody asked him this question. But ultimately, Zacchaeus had a had an internal monologue, an internal conversation, asked himself this question, who am I going to be? Who am I going to be? Now I'm going to stay in the tree. I got this far. I am interested. It is intriguing. I do have more questions. I, I do. There is some desire to follow Jesus, to be like Him, to know Him. And here He's asking me of something, but Zacchaeus knew what the request was going to entail of Him. That he couldn't keep living the way that he had been living and follow this man Jesus that had just walked into town. He knew that there was going to be a cost, an investment that had to be made if he was going to follow Jesus now. So right here, he asked himself, who am I going to be? He is taking this level of interest and taking it farther and actually investing it. Is it worth it? Who will I be? Who will I be? Who will you be? in the new year? Who are you going to be to the lost in our community? Who are you going to be to your children, to your spouse? Who are you going to be to the church? Who are you going to be to the youth in our community? Who are you going to be to your, your brothers and sisters, your extended family? Who, who, who are you going to be to your, your kid's teacher? Who, who are you going to be to the people that you, you meet in the, in the grocery store? Who are you going to be to your neighbor, um, to the lost in our community, to the new ones that have moved in from other places? Who, who will you be this year? Yeah, you might have been somebody else last year. You might have made a lot of mistakes last year. You might have done things you wish you hadn't done last year. You, you, you might have been, I don't know, all kinds of things last year. That's last year. Who will you be this year? Who will you be going forward? Who will you be? Let's be more like Christ. For the next few weeks, we're going to talk about being faithful, being forgiving, and being generous. Being faithful, being forgiving, and being generous. My challenge to you is don't miss one if you, if you, if you can. No, there's always strange situations that we can't control. I get that. But if you can't be here, listen to it You know when we put it on the podcast. Um, because we want to establish a foundation for going into this year. I wholly believe that God has great things in store for our church, for our community, for our families, for our earth individually in the new year. But at some point, He has to see some level of investment of our time, of our effort, of our emotional investment, spiritual investment, financial investment. At some point, He has to see an investment. He wants to see an investment. Because... We've talked about it before. 
There's a part that you play. There's a part that each of us play. And you never know when that time that you go talk, you go pray, you go fast, you go do that thing. When you invest that time, you invest that effort, it might be the time that, that heaven breaks loose, right? That God moves and works in that situation. The Holy Spirit gets through to that person and they open their eyes. You don't know. Because a lot of times we just haven't invested. It's worth the cost. People's lives, the young people's future, connecting with new people, growing, it's, it's worth the cost. It's worth the investment. It's worth the investment. The internal scheme of things, right? When it all comes down to the end, the standard judgment, whatever, I don't know how it's all going to work. Maybe we will get to meet somebody, see somebody that we invested in their life through prayer, through fasting, through connecting with them, talking to them, making them feel welcome, making them know they're loved, doing something like that. And at some point, we might not see it in this life. Maybe there is at some level one day that we will realize that and see that. And we'll know then it was worth the cost. But we can know now it's worth whatever the investment that you make in people, young people, the older people, new people, whatever, older, the people have been here forever. The investment you make, it's worth it. Be more like Christ. It's worth the investment that it takes. Worth the sacrifice that it takes to be more like Him. Amen. And I pray, Lord, I pray that we we recognize that, that we uh, live that out, that we have that mindset. Not just today, not just for January, not just for a couple of weeks, not just till it gets hard, not just not till the cost is too great, but that we carry that mindset that people's lives, their, their salvation, that the eternal kingdom of God is worth whatever investment that God asks of us. And that we follow through with it. We follow through with it. And that's what God has laid on our, on our heart. 